Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Welcome everyone to Aging Fearlessly. This is Karen Sander and the topic for today is resilience. And so many of us wonder how some people just manage to stick to things and get it done. And I have with me today Christina Weston and her husband Stephen Coulter and they are the masters of resilience. They were in the corporate world and these days they describe themselves as serial entrepreneurs and uh, they're really brilliant at it so welcome Stephen and Christina thank Thank you you, Karen thank you for having us I know the listeners are going to love this because there's a lot of people out there these days who are trying to be entrepreneurs and it's really hard and one of the biggest issues is resilience they give up too early that's certainly one of the problems. There are lots and lots of challenges in being an entrepreneur and a big factor in success is how much energy and emotional energy you put into it and how much you believe in yourself. So it's probably a little bit of passion, that, huh? The emotional energy and the energy you put into it. Passion's certainly a part of it. And if you're not passionate about something, you're not going to wake up every morning and have a go. If you don't believe in what you're doing, you're not going to continue or you're going to give up really quickly. Yeah. So you've got to believe in what you're doing. It makes it very hard in that situation, isn't it, to keep going your why, as they call it, you know, why you're doing this. So tell me a little bit about what you guys have been doing. Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess the last four or five years we've been focusing a lot on what's now known as the mobility industry around the world. So that's how do people move around cities and it includes traffic, it includes public transport and bikes and scooters and all sorts of things. But, you know, common challenges we've seen around the world is the major cities have terrible problems with traffic and pollution and parking and those sorts of things. And we've done some consulting in that area and had some ideas about how to solve it. So we've been pursuing our our ideas in that space over the last four or five years and our ideas have evolved and changed as that's happened. And we haven't always got it right. No. Well, I don't think anybody that's um, even made it to the top has always got it right. If you ask Richard Branson, have you always got it right, what would his answer be? Absolutely not. No, there's been... And look what happened to him with his failed attempt into space but what does he do he gets up and does it again I think that's a big part of resilience Uh, it's embracing the mistakes Mm. it's actually reframing the mistakes and looking at it and going rather than I mean there are tears Stephen will know (laughs) from experience there have been tears but then it's about saying what can we learn from this what Mm. are the lessons okay, well, we won't do that again, and, and what have we learned? So we, we have got very good at having really robust and productive conversations, um, some of them extremely yeah. robust. Extremely <laughs> emotionally, emotionally robust. Emotionally robust <laughs> around, well, we didn't get that right. That's not working. 
what now? How do we reframe this? What are we going to do differently? What have we learnt from this? And that's actually taken us into some pretty amazing directions. Well, what's that? Um, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same oh. thing, thing over and over and expecting yeah, exactly. same, a different, different result? Outcome, yeah. yeah, well, that certainly doesn't happen. And, and I think most people, if they looked at their lives, whether they're entrepreneurs or they're trying to build something, would would say that if they've done something the same way, expecting something different, they it's not going to happen. Right. Certainly, in the in the entrepreneurial and startup world that we've been working in, it's called pivoting. There aren't so much nice failures. reframing. <laughs> failure. There's yeah. a new word you, for you, failure. You start with an idea about something that you think can change the world and make the world a better place, as some people say, and you go down that path a little way and find it isn't working the way you thought you did. But you've had lots of learnings along the way. You've, you've spent understood. a lot of money along the way. Yeah. <laughs> you, you understand the barriers. Well, maybe if we changed direction and pivoted and did it this way, it would be more successful. So. Pivoting is a very common word in the world we live in because everybody talks about their latest pivot and how they and pivoted it's embraced, to find success. Like the pivot is an, mm. it's an embrace it's a thing. Positive it's thing. not a failure thing. I have heard of pivot before, but not, I haven't thought about it for a long time. But you're absolutely right. You know, it is a pivot, isn't it? It's an, you know, the sideways step, the turnaround, the, the look back didn't work. Let's try this. Yeah. Mm. I mean, getting from A to B is never a straight line. Oh, isn't it? Well, really, only if you're a crow. Really, a straight line. <laughs> As the crow flies. And, you know, you turn left and then you turn right and then you think you find a shortcut. Stephen loves shortcuts. Yeah. <laughs> and then the shortcut actually takes you along a longer road and then, you know, eventually you might get there or actually eventually you may actually end up somewhere that you never expected to be. Mm-hmm. But where you end up, is where is you're meant perfect, to be. is where you're meant to be. I, exactly. You know, I think about that all the time. There was something I was doing the other day and someone, because as you know, I'm a little like you, uh, I'm developing my ageing fearlessly and you know, someone said, you know that down the track this won't be what you're doing? And I went, yep, probably, and I'm open to that. And you know what? You can't imagine that. You can't envisage it when you're sitting in the now you have no idea where you're going to be in 12 months, two years, three years, five years. If somebody had said to me, I mean, when I was younger, everybody used to ask me, where are you going to be in five years' time? And you had to have that answer. And if you didn't have that answer, there was something very wrong. Exactly. Now, if you have an answer, well, actually, you're not good with coping with change. You're possibly not resilient <laughs> because it's your ability to deal with change, to deal with adversity, to deal with things not going the way you want it to, and to be able to take whatever you end up with and go and create it into something else. Please, Stephen, do you want to add to that at all? You don't have to. No, no you're, shaking, moment, you're no. shaking your head. <laughs> I you're, had a thought, but it's gone. If it comes back, I saw oh. it, actually. That's why I asked you, yeah. because you, I saw that thought go through your mind and just leave the room. <laughs> it left the room. I, I love that. You know, um, I've learnt very much to watch people while I'm here in the studio and try and pick up on when they're having a little thought that they want to share. I thought at this point we might have a little song, and the first song... Tub thumping. We didn't know the name of the artist or the name of the song, but we know the song, and I'm sure the listeners yeah. will know the song too. And we we love the early lyrics in this song because it absolutely defines 
resilience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I was in the studio earlier setting up and I was um, listening to it going, oh, yeah, I get why they chose this song. So it's by Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. Oh, my gosh, I can't even <laughs> say that with a straight face. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Well, that song really says it all. I get knocked down and then I get up again. And there's also a lot of drinking of alcohol all the way. <laughs> oh, you know, I wasn't thinking yeah. about that. I was just listening to the knockdown, get up, knock down, get up. And that's a big part of the journey, whether you're in startup land or whether you're in a corporate environment, it doesn't matter. Like you could be dealing with family issues. It doesn't matter the circumstance. We just happen to be talking about it in an entrepreneurial context, but that's a big part of resilience is getting back up again, even when it's hard. And it is hard. And you're, and you're tired mm-hmm. and you're stressed mm-hmm. and you're worried about finances mm-hmm. and you're worried about possibly worried about how other people view you, how you're seen. All that internal dialogue, isn't that hard? So negative, so destructive, that internal dialogue. So I'm going to switch to Stephen here. Stephen, we talked about your family in the break. Tell me about your sort of start to life and your journey to what you feel began the journey to resilience. Okay, I guess I'm from Melbourne originally, but... Um, well, we won't hold that against no. you. That's what they always say. Do you, have you got your passport with you? I, not today, so hopefully I can get home. But even though I'm from Melbourne, I always loved the beach. So I grew up in Melbourne near a beach and um, was in nippers as a kid even in Melbourne, even with the cold water, which is why I don't mind the water in Sydney and never wear a wetsuit mm-hmm. after growing up in Melbourne. Um, I thought you were just thick-skinned. That too, I think. <laughs> That's a prerequisite for being an entrepreneur. <laughs> But, but I think for me, resilience, I had a really great childhood. I loved going to school and most of my close friends um, are still people I went to school with, you know, many, many years ago. So that they've been really great relationships. We may not see each other for years, but when we catch up, it's like we haven't missed, it, haven't yep. missed a day. It's fantastic. And in, I guess in my early life, I changed jobs a lot and I was not sure what I wanted to do like many of us are. But I can remember one of my early jobs, I lost the job, they were restructuring and I was relatively young so I was let go and I really enjoyed the company and was very annoyed and could have got really upset about that. And something dawned on me I think at the time, I thought rather than getting more and more upset about this, I know I did a good job there and I learned a huge amount from that company. I'm going to focus on what I can do and put that energy, put that into positive energy, not negative energy, about finding my next job and creating the next part of my life rather than being sucked into a vortex of I lost a job I liked. That was, that's a very positive uh, approach for a young man. Yeah, I, I can't remember what triggered it, but there's a phrase we'll talk about and um, you know, it's one that Christina and I debate at times. But I remember the phrase that came into my head that's sort of been a, a mantra of mine for all of my life since my early 20s, which is worry is a wasted emotion. And I guess the way I think about that as a mantra is if there's something that's not going right, I can either worry about it or I can take that same energy, which I've got a finite amount of, and apply that to something to create the next opportunity. So I've always tried to adopt that as an approach to life rather than being negative or getting sucked into something We've got a finite amount of energy. How can I actually use that positively to create another opportunity or to 
solve whatever the problem is that's come up along the way. Well, I want to say that worry takes a huge amount of energy, zaps everything. But I'm watching Christina's face as you're talking. (laughs) When I'm in my most challenging emotional state, Stephen will often say to me, and he's learnt not to say it because I've trained him. (laughs) He says to me, worry is a wasted emotion and I just want to wallop him one. (laughs) And I guess women and men process differently. Yeah, we do. We're different. And... Stephen is really, really good at compartmentalising and he can put lids on things. Mm. And when, when he's under stress, he does a gross generalisation like a lot mm. of men. He, he gets more focused on what he needs to do and he internalises things. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm very different. So when, St- when Stephen's under stress, he becomes more introverted. When I'm under pressure, I become more extroverted. I want to talk about it. I want to get it out. I want to have my feelings acknowledged. I want to be heard. And that's where we're different, right? So when I hear him say, worry is a wasted emotion, it's like, <gasps> So do you walk to the me, other just, room and go list, stamp your just, feet? Yeah, well, <laughs> like I said, he doesn't say it anymore. But he's right. And I think I get upset because I can't be like him. I wish I was more like him, but I'm not. I wish I could put a lid on things. I wish I didn't react as emotionally to upset, but I do. And I have to embrace that. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. And I, it just brought to me, um, have you heard of Herman's Brain Dominance Indicators? It's a method of how we think and, you know, approach things. And it's like you said, you get more focused and basically write more lists. Does that get more oh, organised? I get, oh, yeah. I, so, I, I'm the queen of lists. Stephen will know whenever I'm under pressure, I go straight into project so you, planning. I go into so, write. So what's happened is red is your emotion, green is your list making. So as your emotion gets higher, your green gets higher. And you start even, even around so, the house, even around the house when I'm stressed, I need clean. I go into cleaning frenzy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we know that, and that really feels cathartic. Yeah. So, Stephen, you've learnt not to say that. I've, I've, yes, I've learnt in lots of ways, but that's one thing I've learnt with Christina. <laughs> but I have learnt that that's still an internal mantra to me, and I understand Christina's position, and I can't use that as something when I'm giving advice to somebody else because they have to deal with things their own way, and my way of doing it isn't going to suit everybody else. But for me, that's been a really important mantra throughout my life. We're both the oldest children in our families and Mm. I had to spend a lot of time helping my parents in my probably would have been 20s 30s Um, my father was bipolar Mm -hmm. and that created enormous family issues around finances and around relationships and I had to be the rock for my mother and my father and my grandparents back at that time so I, I couldn't afford to go to water it when all these things were happening in my, in the family life. That while others were, I had to be the rock that found ways to solve problems. Whether it was my father bipolar and spending money out of control, that, and resulting in my parents, you know, virtually losing their house that they lived in for thirty mm. thirty years or more. I had to ring up banks and tell them not to give loans to my father. I had to take a that's a huge responsibility. Mm. I remember one Christmas he came home with a brand new Mercedes he couldn't afford that he'd already signed a contract on and I had to take that and undo all these sorts of things. So this was a constant period where you know, bipolar was a, is a terrible 
con- yeah. ter- terrible disorder, but it's very hard to manage because people go- with it have the highs and lows. And often, it, often it's very intelligent people like my father who have this condition and they think they can manage it. So they think they, they love the highs. So they don't, want be, they don't want to be on medication that takes away the highs and lows because they enjoy the highs and they can be their most creative at that time. Actually, there's many creative people in the world past Absolutely. and present who are bipolar and that's where their creativity comes, comes from. from. Yeah. Perhaps, Stephen, it's where the, handling those situations is where you learn to compartmentalise. Have I got it right? Yeah, Compa- exactly. I know the word. I just couldn't yeah, get no, it out. Yeah, compartmentalise. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. where you learn to put a lid on things when, you know, I'm slowly learning that mm. but it's not been in my nature. Yeah. So I've had to learn, and last year I had to take time out from some of the things I was doing and put a lid on it and forget it and go to the things that were most important at that time and needed my attention. And I think the more you practice, it's like any muscle, right? The more you yep. practice something, the better you get at it. Yep. And just listening listening to you then and thinking about our own situation, and, and, and I'm getting better as well because I used to – I still at times respond very emotionally to situations – but the time that I spend in that emotional out of control, no, I'm not quite out of control because I'm a control freak. <laughs> but um, the time that I spend in that, let's call it that emotional state, is getting shorter and shorter and shorter, and I can put a spin on it faster. And you probably have learnt, we talked a little earlier, about looking back at the way you dealt with something before and realising when you get into that space, it didn't work before, what do I do differently? Yeah. Yeah. The next song, oh, you can announce this, Stephen. The next song is one of our favourite Fleetwood Mac songs from back in the early 80s, I think, um, Don't Stop don't you Fleetwood just, Mac. Don't you just love Fleetwood Mac? Welcome back to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly with Karen. Please go to Facebook and like the page Aging Fearlessly. Welcome back. I'm with Christina Weston and Stephen Coulter, who are entrepreneurs, and we're talking about resilience and developing resilience and what makes people resilient. Some people are resilient, really resilient, and other people just give up at the slightest little hiccup in life. Christina and Stephen... You've been developing businesses in mobility. So tell us a little bit about this startup and some of the things you've had to learn and how you've coped. Where does the resilience come into this? Resilience comes from failure. I think <laughs> the we, more we, you we, fail, <laughs> the more resilient you become. We read a Japanese quote yesterday that said, fall down seven times, get up eight times. And that's exactly... That's, <laughs> We keep getting up. Yeah. Do you keep finding these quotes and things pop up in front of you and you go, oh, yeah, here we go? <laughs> yeah, we weren't looking for that one. We were looking at something else and this popped up and I said to Christina, isn't this a really good quote? Because it really describes what you've got to do. So I've been watching you over the last few years that I've known you and with this last particular startup, some of the things, they've just sort of come out of the blue or, you know, things that have just happened that you've had to do to keep going. I think most people think we're crazy. Yeah. They think, why do they keep doing it? Why do they... And we've had people pull us aside and Mm. go, we're worried about you guys. Like, we're we're really worried. And at one level, we're worried too. (laughs) 
And at another level, it's we still believe, and this is the the faith bit. Yeah. We still believe we're onto something, and, and and we're passionate about what we're doing. And okay, we haven't had the right deal happen yet, or we haven't met exactly the right person to make it happen, or we haven't had the right partnership because there's a lot of things that go into making something work, especially on the scale that we're we're trying to to do it. But we still we we keep on and we still believe and we keep at it and we keep pivoting, adapting. We do, and the, and what we're doing now and the the quality of work we, we've done over the last twelve months is the best we've ever done. It's um, I, I guess one of our other strengths is not having to work in a corporate office to work. We've we've worked. Some people find it really difficult to work from home. We don't. We've trained ourselves, I think, to. Um, that's that. a problem and for us as well because we work too much and often there's not enough balance. Yeah. We don't switch off. There's no off switch, um, which and, is difficult. And so last night I was editing an article at quarter to 12 for so a you magazine. Get it. Oh, absolutely. And did I go swimming this morning? No, because I still had my eyes shut at 6 o'clock when the alarm went off to get up to go swimming. So I only had about six hours sleep. Yeah. yeah. And it was restless sleep. We dream. I, I dream about it. I, we're doing something a little... A tangential to what we were doing because we're, we're trying to get some cash flow happening. We'll be up front. Yeah. And I, all I do is dream dream about this new project. Um, we're, we're marketing electric scooters. Electric scooters are, are yeah. about to come to take Australia by storm. They've already been made legal in Queensland. They're about to be made legal in New South Wales. And, I can't wait. And all, we do, <laughs> all I do now is dream. And it's obviously yeah. my subconscious when I'm asleep, I'm still dreaming about, you know, the website that I have to do and the marketing and the social media and the something else and the something else and the and, something and, else. And this is, this is a classic pivot where if you'd asked us even three months ago <laughs> yeah. as 50-somethings, would, be, would we be riding around electric scooters at our age? We wouldn't even have thought I that was possible. I would have laughed my head off well, and gone, no, no way. Well, some of us have been quite jealous seeing you scoot around manly on these scooters. It's pretty it looks pretty Don't amazing. Tour the ranges. And then I see Stephen fold it up and put it in his back pocket. Well not quite. <laughs> oh my god, they're just having a great time. And but I know it's another little passion and it's keeping you going and yes, it's about cash flow. It's also part of the the journey, you know. Stephen said if we hadn't have done all the hard work, you know, we've We've been doing work in the mobility and the transport space, and we first of all started off in the carpooling space, um, trying to make it easy for people to move together. And we learned a huge amount about psychology and technology <laughs> through that whole process. And committed to what we were doing, we decided that Australia wasn't a big enough marketplace, and we went to Mexico and lived in Mexico for the last nine months or so. And... You know, we've we've continued to go and learn and meet people and have conversations and build communities around what we're doing and partnerships. And if we hadn't have done all those things, if we hadn't have made all the mistakes, if we hadn't have had all those conversations, we would have been blind to the opportunity that's presented to us today. Yes. We would never have seen it. Things it would have passed us by. Show themselves at the right time. So people say, oh, you're so lucky. It's nothing to do it's with luck. nothing no. to do with luck. There are, most overnight successes take 10 to 20 years. You've got to go through all these You're learnings. A 10-year overnight success. <laughs> Hang and on. It's... Have I got that long? To... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to break the news to you, Karen. Oh, but, uh... <laughs> there's, but there's very few. You know, the, it's a true overnight success is the exception to the rule. Most of these people that have been wildly successful, 
They've been through a whole lot of learnings to get to the point where that particular project has been really successful. You even look at the story of Apple. I mean, yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, last night in this article I write for a magazine called Life Begins at, and I was talking about Steve Jobs, and he set goals. Does anyone? My article's about goal setting and vision boards, and. He set goals. Do you think he got there without setting goals or having a vision? The same with Roger Federer. You know, any of these people have set goals. I can do project plans. Yeah. <laughs> and, they've, and they've pivoted. And, you know, they've found their way. And we just think, oh, man, this guy's so lucky. Nothing to do with luck. It was all to do with hard work and, you know, confidence and all of those things that take to get there. You've had some issues with different people along the way and designers. And Tell us about how those have affected where you're at today. Well, I guess if you look at the current business, when we started off looking at more of the carpooling area, we had to build an application. We both understand technology, but neither of us could write a line of code between us. So we need to find others we trust to, to do that work for us and for us to project manage Trust them has doing become it. an important yeah. word for mm. us. It's yeah. become a very important word for so us. We'll talk more about trust we'll later. Talk a lot about trust. With that project, we, we did research and we found people that we thought could build this application for us. And it was a, you know, a Sydney-based company, which we thought was important rather than offshoring it. But what we found a few months into that project is that they were very good on the surface, but what was being written for us wasn't actually working and we spent a rather large amount of money. We had a customer lined mm. up. We were ready to getting close to launching and what they delivered after spending, I won't name Don't the amount, name a very large amount of money that would put most of the listeners would kind of go, really? You guys are mm. crazy. And we had to throw everything out because we couldn't use a line of code. We had to start again. Lesson learned. So the resilience kicked in. Big time. And, yeah. yep, I, I get that. Because big strategic partner, start again. To, yeah, we had to kind and, of... And, and plus we had to do some legal stuff, which is never pleasant because... We had to fight them. We had to make sure that the previous people we worked with had nothing to do with our business going forwards because in as an entrepreneur, what we're creating is... Intellectual property. Intellectual property. Yep. And you can't have any question marks over who owns your... Intellectual property; otherwise, people won't invest. That was and really that you. was a really difficult time because we we then hired uh, a programmer internally, a full stack developer who was this amazing, smart, talented individual who helped us rebuild. But we were fighting a legal battle at the same time as we were pouring more money into starting again, and, and, that and was managing, scary. Our, managing the partner we had back then in another country to to launch it with because we were effectively you know, a year behind. We lost a year of our life and our, mm. through that process. It's a hard, hard lesson to learn and to swallow. So let's say there's also other personal things that happen in people's lives as they're going along. See, even neighbours. Oh, it all happened and, at once. And oh, my God. <laughs> neighbours, business. So there's just layer upon layer. Oh, we yeah, had, we've got the neighbour from yeah, yeah. Uh, not a very nice neighbour. I'll be careful yeah. what I say. Yeah, yeah. No. They're listening. <laughs> they, might, they might listen. They might download this podcast and yeah. go, "Oh my god!" But yeah, so those sort of things all pile up, don't they? And you've it's, got to draw on it's strength. The, it was the Sarah Lee of problems, layer, layer upon layer, upon layer. layer, and ah. But again, we had we simply had to deal with those things to be able to move forward. Otherwise, you'd be get bogged down in them. And you even rented out your home for a while and moved to Mexico, as you mentioned earlier, just to solve some of the issues that you had. 
we have a different theme every year, and one of our themes is oh. you know think think big and. We love Australia, but Australia is a relatively small population. And when we were looking at mobility, Mexico City is one of the biggest cities in the world, and Mexico as a country has got 125 million people, so it's, it's five phenomenal times place Australia. To, phenomenal place to be, to visit, and to live in. So, listeners, if you've not been to go, Mexico we City, you've got to go. Don't believe all the fake news. Mm. Go, go to Mexico. Yeah, and and our our philosophy is, you've got a finite amount of energy. And you can apply that to a market with 25 million people or 125. So we chose one. We we had to rent our house out because it affected. It was the rent was our. It was paying us our salaries when nothing else was. And in doing that, we had some contacts in Mexico. So that was a logical market to go to. And they're in more pain than terrible Australia. mobility and traffic terrible problems. traffic congestion issues. Mm. Terrible, terrible. And it was just it was also a great life experience for us to live in a country we'd never been to. And to live with locals who knew it so well and get to see the country and to get into understanding how business worked in Mexico. And we had a lot of insights from living in Mexico that have helped us with what we've been doing since. Yeah, just what a great experience. I know some of your friends went over and visited and they absolutely loved it. Just before we go to um, to another song... So you had some themes each year. The first one was Think Big. So when we started the journey was Think Big. Then you had The second year was Focus with Intention because we've got ideas, more ideas than we have time to think Think Big here we had two or three ideas come up. They're all big ideas and we had to just narrow it back to one. Well, initially we were thinking too small and we kind of went, okay, we need to, I think we were in New York at that time and we went, my God, New York, this is so amazing. Here we are in Australia playing in this tiny little environment what we need to do is, as business mm. people, we need to think bigger than we actually are. Don't think small, think big. Yeah. So that was the first theme. And then we got carried away, had too many ideas. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, we need to focus. So it was focus with intention. And then growth. And then it was about growth with, grati- with grace and gratitude because mm-hmm. gratitude is something that we've been trying to practice or we've been practicing. And that's also a big part of resilience because if you focus on the negative stuff, you go on a downward spiral if you focus on all the good things in your life, you stay far more optimistic and positive. So, so many, so many lessons here in growth yeah. with grace about. and gratitude. Our theme and last. We didn't quite year, have the growth happen. No, we weren't so very we... graceful, and we didn't have enough gratitude because <laughs> we, we weren't getting growth. the growth we expected. And that that then led us to think about well, what else should we be doing? And we and so last year's theme was partnerships and collaboration. If you're trying to do really big global things. As, as two to people in a You can't do it on your own. You need to ask for help. You really do. You need mm. to ask for help. Hear that, listeners? Help. It's something I find really difficult to ask for. Most mm. of us do. Yeah, I don't... It, maybe We're not it's... very good when... We find it difficult to be vulnerable because we all walk around with this mask, mm-hmm. you know, and on Facebook, everybody goes, oh, this really annoys me. Everyone's... Like, you guys are having so much fun. You live this amazing life. You're, you travel all around the world and you go to these amazing places because they see us in iconic locations yeah. and they think we're filthy rich multimillionaires mm-hmm. that are running around the world having fun. They don't, they're, <laughs> not, they're not actually seeing me in tears. They're not seeing us working long hours. They're not seeing us giving up things and sacrificing things. So fake book, fake book, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. That's, that's a new term. Fake book mm. just 
causes us to think that everybody else's life is amazing and we have this mask that we need to keep up What's that, wrong that with actually me? our life is you know beyond okay because everybody else is and we're, we're we're not vulnerable we're scared to be vulnerable and to say actually i'm having a tough time it's difficult for me right now i'm not coping right now yeah and i, I think that's the honest we have to be honest about yeah. how things are and ask I, for help. I, I i love what you've just said i don't want you to mention your fifth one yet I want okay. to save it to the end. Okay. Is that all right? Yep. yep. Yeah. Just because I think... <laughs> no, I'm, you're not allowed to okay, say it. Okay, I won't say it. You're not allowed to say it. It's the very last thing oh, we're going to see. Oh, the theme. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've theme. got it. I've got I think it. we'll just save it. We will. And we'll go. Yeah. I think it's perfect for ending okay. this interview. All right. Uh, our next song is... Oh, Christina, I'm going to make you say this one. Our next it's song. It's easy, actually. Our next song is Help by John Farnham. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. I'm here today with Christina Weston and Stephen Coulter, and you're listening to Aging Fearlessly, and we're discussing resilience so, Christina and Stephen, what are some of the practical things that we need to do to build resilience? I, I think for both of us, exercise is a really important part. If you're exercising, it's creating the right chemical reactions in your body. So, if, the, well, the way we met you, Karen, was through the, Bold, the Bold and Beautiful Swim group. And I've been in that group since it started and been through you know, some major dramas in my life in that time. And that's been one of the key things. It, it was getting up early every morning and doing some decent exercise, swimming, but more and more it becomes about the people and yeah, the communities the that you create through that and the, and the friendships and the support they give you. What I love about groups like that is they don't necessarily want to know what's going on in the back end of your life. They just want to know about your day and more about you. You and find- you can just sit quietly. I mean, you swim and, and that's great and there's that feeling of accomplishment and then you sit around with a cup of coffee and you just chat about everything nothing. and nothing exactly. and you feel like you've had some human engagement, which yeah. is really important. And you watch people's lives evolve there and I always talk about the meditation when I swim and I solve the world's problems down there Yeah, absolutely. when I'm hmm. across the bay when you can't see anything and it's a murky morning and you're just thinking, oh, well, I can't see much, I'll just drift off. And you're just going through the motions, aren't you, sometimes? Yeah. You look- are, but it does become meditative. It's, it's you know, stroke after stroke and you, you're by yourself. You can't have this sort of chat while you're swimming, although some, some of the B&B try to <laughs> treading water out in the middle of the bay in the morning. But mostly it is that's either end where all the fun happens and out in the middle it's, it's swimming and looking at fish and... Yeah, and celebrating, celebrating birthdays, celebrating milestones like who swum a thousand k's, giving someone a pat in the back, yeah. just yeah. making them feel good, and it's helping people too. I mean, so many people joined the B and B to overcome something, to overcome a a fear of waves or a fear of swimming with sharks or or, or fear of deep water, all those things. And we've all swum with people who have one of those sorts of things and help them help them across the bay and back and 
people yeah. emerge from that and it's really it builds confidence yeah. doesn't it? it's built a lot of people's confidence yeah which yeah. is a factor in resilience yeah it is and well confidence is probably one of the biggest factors yeah in resilience. and their self-esteem changes it oh my god you know some of the things that you you think as kids, you know, if you can get them to be resilient and, you know, I think we protect kids too much Cotton and we don't kids. allow Everybody them. gets a medal. Yeah, and yet that's not allowing them to build resilience. And I think there's some big lessons there that we all need to share about building resilience. Well, we were talking before that resilient people know that failures are for learning. Mm. We call them flurnings. Flurnings, yeah. yeah. That's, oh. our, that's our favourite word. Yeah. Flurnings. Learnings from failure. Learnings from failure. Flurnings. Mm. And that's becoming a little bit yeah. trendy. It's a bit of a trendy startup language as well. Yeah. You know, even in startup land, a lot of VCs will, the venture capitalists and people that are trying to fund you, they want to hear about your failures. If you haven't had a failure, they don't want to know because you're not resilient and you, you haven't learned enough. You haven't learned enough. And if you can't talk about your failures and what you've learned from it, they're often not prepared to invest because they don't believe you've got what it takes to see it through. Interesting. Balance so in about, life. Yeah. yeah, balance in life, that's, that's really important. I mean, we obviously haven't been swimming a lot the last 12 months or so because we've been living overseas. And it's, it's hard to find that balance. So, you know, we've got out, we've walked and exercised. Getting out and talking to people, being creating, if you haven't got friendship circles, creating friendship circles, relying on your friends. I think it's really important to lean on your friends. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, something, you know, back to that song that we've just heard, asking yep. for help, something we're not very good at. Yeah. But we, we need our friends. Yeah, you do. You need someone to say, I'm, I'm, I'm having a difficult time. And sometimes it's just enough for you to say it and for someone else to hear it. And then you're okay. Beautifully said, Christina. Um, husband and wife team working together. Oh, I think we've it's... wanted to murder each other a few times. <laughs> it's not always easy. It's not easy. It's probably, it's probably never easy. But, um, How yeah. do you leave work behind when you're at home, working in a space? We're or... not very good at it. Do you share an office at home when you're doing this or wherever you are? When, when we were in our own house, we didn't. We had separate Offices in our own home. You but... met in the kitchen for a couple. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and we we go away and get on with the various tasks we were doing. But the last twelve or eighteen months, when we haven't been living at home, we've often been working across someone else's dining room table, face to face, eight, nine, ten, twelve hours a day. It's actually made it harder in a way because you you don't have your own space and that sort of thing. And and we process differently. We're you know, we've got the same values and we love each other very much, but we, we process differently. Mm. And we've had to understand how each of us processes and that it's not the way that I process. So keeping a husband and wife relationship alive and a business partnership alive. Whilst there's financial strain. And to balance that, times must get really tough. Yeah, and we need to get better at taking time out. I think that's the, that's the other thing is you can't, can't always be on and you can't always be with the person, whether it's your business partner or whether you're in a business partnership and a life partnership. You need time out and mm. you need to have other friends and other interests outside and we need to get better at that. Yeah. And I think that that's been harder living away because at least mm. when we've been living at home and swimming regularly, yeah, it's such a group of people that you... 
you're not always together in that group. You're talking to different people. You've got, you've got different communities within that community. And, but when you're travelling and living in other countries, it's And in other it's, countries it's where, where it's, not our, it's not our language. Like yeah. Mexico, Spanish is not our language. So mm. we rely very heavily on each other. I think, you know, you, we all talk about the swimming, but if people look outside in their community, they will find different groups, whether it's dancing or yeah. sporting groups or whether it's playing bridge or something something else. You know, there's... Marshall. Um, it doesn't yeah, matter what yeah. it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but communities happen. And I often encourage people to go join a community on your own because people will tend to talk to you more easily and accept you in more easily as a single person as one on your own because they see you standing there looking a bit timid and there's always someone that'll invite you in that'll go it does but look I'm used to it now but yeah it's um I think it's something I always like to ask people to or to think about go and do it on your own you know the better the more you try to do things like that on their own, the better you get at it. I think the older you get to, the more community is important. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at my mum who's in her mid-70s and you know she, she plays Mahjong and she belongs to Computer Pals and she does a range of different things that connects her to community and we often have this conversation with mm. her, don't we, that, that she would be lost if she didn't have the community and it's so important to to reduce social isolation and to, yeah. to make you feel good about yourself and, and my mum at 91 goes to bridge three days a week and Perfect. so you but, know exactly yeah. the same somewhere over the rainbow we're all dreamers so let's uh i want to listen to this song because then we're going to close up we're getting to the end and there's one other little share theme that we have and and one other little thing that i want to talk about before we finish up You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. This is Karen Sander from Ageing Fearlessly and I have with me Christina Weston and Stephen Coulter and we're coming to the end of the program for this week. But Christina, I want to ask you in one sentence, what have you learnt from the journey you've been on in the last four years? What have you learned about yourself? Oh, I thought I was a tough cookie before. I'm tougher than I realised I was. You know, I, I thought I was resilient beforehand. I'd been through divorces and things that hadn't worked out well in my life. But these last few years have really taught me what resilience is, is all about. And has it improved your self-esteem and your understanding of yourself? Yeah, I trust that it'll be okay. Beautifully said. I like that. I know it'll be okay. Stephen, what have you learnt about yourself? I think like Christina, we are far more resilient than we think and to have been through what we've been through and be here today, that, that's... And to still be married. That, and still be married, <laughs> that's, that's proof of it. Um, but it's really, you know, people are really important. It's, you know, we've got all these great ideas and things we've been pursuing around the world, but... It's your relationships and communities that are really incredibly important. And the com- communities has become a key part of our businesses as well. So that's been, that's been inspirational to our business, not just in our personal lives. And um, so that's, yeah, communities is one of our key words in everything we've been doing, both personally and 
in business and the importance of community. I think families also yeah. become more important to us as well. Mm. We're, we're leaning, we've been leaning more on family. And asking for... And asking for help. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly roofs over our heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's... Between couch surfing. As, you know, as you've said, asking for help gets tough. The word trust, talk about trust for me. There's a few aspects to trust. Yeah. It, it's another one that's crossed over between our, our business and, and personal lives. Um, and I guess because we're working in technology, one of our issues is how do you, how do you know somebody across the other side of a social network is, is trustworthy so we've been doing lots of things to try and understand that. And because we've had personal experiences with... Untrustworthy people. Where there have been people and organisations that have not fulfilled our, our trust We could do a ambitions. whole session on trust, Karen. Yeah. Well, let's do a session we on trust. We could do a whole session I'll on trust. I'll book you in soon. Yeah. We've, we've been doing a lot of work understanding how you can find out if somebody is really trustworthy. And, and that's overlapped a, a lot back with community, the word we talked about a few minutes ago, because the communities people belong to tend to be, you know, groups that you have more trust in. If you share communities with people, that's one of the areas you can look for, hopefully, more trustworthiness over time and because you share something in common that um, has those sorts of links. You said something a minute ago about you know, learning. And I I think knowledge is king. And some of the things I've even learned in the last few weeks, especially being an old, older person, I was going to say an old, (laughs) an old duck, (laughs) an old duck, an old crony. (laughs) But um, I've had to learn even more about social media and lead pages and lead magnets. And yeah, you hear the words, but understanding it gives you the power to be able to make better choices mm. in who you get to do things for. The last thing, Christina, was your theme number five, and then we have to go. Well, our final theme for this year, so our 2019 theme is fruition. So it's an aspirational theme, but we're also we're doing a, a bunch of things at the moment um, that are looking very optimistic. And um, we it's it's part of intention i'm very big on setting intentions and i believe intentions are very very powerful you've got to do all the hard work but you've got to hold the intention and that's a big part of our themes for every year and we're setting uh, an aspirational theme as we have done every year (laughs) that we're going to see things come to fruition that the work the hard labor the tears Mm. the stress is going to bear fruit Well, congratulations on getting to where you even are today because so many people would have come this close and backed away and you haven't backed away. Oh, we've been tempted, let me tell you. I have. I think Stephen's been better at holding the faith. I've been ready to walk away. But temptation's there. It's dangled in front of you to walk away, but you've stayed. So congratulations and thank you so much for being so open and honest in sharing some very personal and raw sort of feelings and emotions today. I've absolutely loved having you as my guests. And so we're going to close up now. And the listeners know there's a little song at the end. So see you next time. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. 
And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, ageing is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in It's not all nine to five, it's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high, swim across oceans wide. Live out our dreams, just you and me. Let your heart be alive. There's no time to wait. Gotta go get the most out of time Don't be afraid Like this treasure that you've got to find Baby, don't be shy Let's go and take that ride Taste the sweet and the spice Everything nice Let your heart let your heart come alive, honey. Let your heart.